It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Probably one of the most famous scripture passages out there, one that at least really sticks in our mind, and as we know, it's, it's a hyperbole. What does a hyperbole mean? It means it's an exaggeration to kind of have a point uh, be said. We had this a couple weeks ago as well, uh, where Jesus said, um, you know, it's better to, uh, to cut off. If your, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it off. Uh, pluck it out. If your arm causes you to sin, cut it off. And so he's using this hyperbole, but he's trying to make a point. And of course, you know what that point is how hard it is to enter into the kingdom of God if we're attached to wealth, if we're attached to riches, if we're attached to this world. How does our gospel even start out today? It's amazing. We have this man who not only comes to Jesus, he, he runs to Jesus. He kneels down before him, and he says, good teacher. So we could see at least he's, he's, he's a good rabbi, if not more, but you wouldn't kneel in front of a rabbi, necessarily. So he sees that Jesus is set apart. And he asks him a very profound question, one that we probably should ask the Lord every once in a while uh, as well. What must I do? See how he makes that a personal question? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And it's interesting, by the way, because the way that Jesus answers is he says to, you know, follow the commandments. But he only mentions the second half of the commandments. He's assuming that this, this man already loves the Lord, has God with all his heart, all his mind, and all his soul. But he doesn't really, we know that. But he uses the second part of the commandments of, of loving your neighbor. And so this man feels really good about himself. He says to, to Jesus, teacher, all of these I observe from my youth. And then... Jesus does something astonishing. And Mark describes it in a beautiful way. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And then said to him, what? Because he loved him, because he had looked inside of him, he saw that this man was still attached to his earthly possessions. And so he says to him, you are lacking in one thing. Go sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And what happens immediately? This man's face falls, and he becomes sad. Why? Because he had many possessions, and he walks away. He's asking Jesus the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him an answer out of love, but this man doesn't want to give up what he has. Because what he has, he thinks, is the most important thing, which are these possessions. This is his treasure, this is his pearl of great price. And we hear this before in other times, right? When we find God, it's like finding the pearl of great price. What we're called to do is go sell everything we have to attain it. 
And this is what Jesus is asking this man to do. Get rid of all you have and come and follow me, and you will have what? Eternal life. Now, this teaching of Jesus is astonishing. Right away, Jesus can see his disciples. Well, they're, they're murmuring like they usually do, right? They're murmuring and they're thinking, well, this man is blessed with possessions. He truly must be blessed by God. And so Jesus says to them, right, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. I actually like a different interpretation here because it adds two words in there, which I think really make a better point. Jesus says to them, how hard it is for those who trust in wealth to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is for those who trust in wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Not who have wealth, but who trust in wealth. What does it mean to to trust in wealth? Well, it means we're trusting in our own earthly possessions and not trusting in, as Jesus says, not, not, not trusting in that treasure from heaven, that gift of grace from heaven. Instead, we kind of trust in, in our own abilities. Of course, Jesus goes on, right? We have this line which we've said before, right? Children are hardest to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When we trust only in our wealth, who are we not trusting in? God. When our pearl of great price is our, our wealth, be it, be it money, be, be it health, be it our beauty, be it our, be it our fame or our power or our possessions, or whatever it is, not just a big checking account, but we all have our own, you know, kind of our own earthly possessions, our own earthly goods. And when we trust in those, well, they're not going to get us to heaven. It's only God. And when we trust in him, Jesus, God, I trust in you. I trust that if I go and sell everything, you will take care of me if that's what you're asking me to do. This is what God is asking for this man to do. And he doesn't have that trust. And so when Jesus says this once again, the disciples are exceedingly astonished. And they said to themselves, then who can be saved? Because remember, in in those times, in those teachings, those who are blessed by God with treasure and wealth seem to be the ones that are, you know, God's holy ones. We look even the story of, of Job how immensely blessed he he is. And everything's taken away, but when he stays steadfast in faith, he gets twofold, threefold, a hundredfold of what he had before. So there's this notion that the wealthy and those set up, you know, in in this riches are truly blessed by God. And so when Jesus says that's not the case, the disciples are saying to themselves, so then who can be saved? And Jesus is very honest. He says, for human beings... It is impossible. What does that mean? It means we can't save ourselves. We can't. We can't go through this life and say, if I follow all the commandments, if I pray all the time, if I do this and this and this, I go to Mass every single day, I pray the rosy a hundred times a day, 
That'd be kind of crazy, but if you did, great. But that's not going to get you eternal life. It's only God. Because God is the one who has saved us. And him giving us eternal life is a gift. Not one that we earn. It's the gift that God gives to us. He's saying, all you have to do is trust in me. Not just for eternal life, but in everything. But how easy it is to fall into that temptation of thinking, well, I need to take care of this myself. So I don't think God's really going to do it. I don't, I don't trust in, in him completely. You know, yes, I trust and I come to Mass, but I can't have that complete, that complete trust in him to, to take care of everything. You know, and I'll trust him for myself, but I don't trust him taking care of my children, so I must do everything for them. I don't trust him taking care of my grandchildren, so I'm going to work as hard as I can in this life so that I can leave an inheritance to them. We fall into these type of things. And when we do that, we're not making God our pearl of great price. We're trusting in our own wealth. Let me, let me retranslate that. We're trusting in our own abilities and not in God. And what is that going to bring, by the way? It's going to bring anxiety. It's going to bring worry. It's going to bring desolation. But when we trust in God, what we're going to have is this freedom. And we just simply follow him. And he'll give us everything that we need. Let's be like that man, by the way. Let's ask that question to God. God, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And let God look at you. Let God love you and see what he reveals. Maybe he'll reveal we're still attached to possessions. Maybe he'll reveal that we're uh, lacking in forgiveness. Maybe he'll reveal that we're lacking in trust of him. Maybe he'll reveal all of that and more. But when he reveals that, it's not because he wants to damage us or hurt us. He wants to love us. So let the Lord, let God look at you. Let him love you. And then put your trust in him. And simply follow him.